He's the host with the most. And this is The Saturday Show with Edward Hayden. Indeed, it is the Saturday show, and indeed, it is me, Edward Hayden, with you, and with you right through until 12 noon. And hopefully, you're in a position to stay with me and us on KCLR. Until then, as usual, here on the Saturday show, we have lots lined up for you this morning, and I bring you news of great joy this morning. Great joy, indeed, to tell you that our resident gardening expert, Shirley Lanigan, is back with us this morning after a couple of weeks of a break from the show. So delighted to have Shirley back with us. Just bang in the nick of time to get us all uh, in order with our gardening conundrum. So send in any of those to us on 083-306-9696. It is indeed our dinnersready.ie contact line. Or of course you can telephone the lovely Ashling, The lovely Ashling with the curly blow dry actually this morning. Uh, you can telephone Ashling on 1800 90 96 96 and she'll pop your message in to me as well another Ashling is coming on with us this morning and that is indeed Ashling Clark who's TV chef and media broadcaster and she's going to be telling us all about the Sunday Cook Club how lovely do you know what I really am looking forward to uh, I'm hoping I'm going to have it tomorrow um, this is so boring I know but I'll tell you anyway I'm looking forward to a lovely roast chicken stuffed roast potatoes mashed carrot and parsnip steeped peas and gravy I just really feel like a dinner dinner tomorrow it's an age since I've had that anyway we'll chat with uh, our roast stuffed chicken with Ashling Clark a little bit later on from the Sunday Cook Club Mags Bowen, our resident psychotherapist, is coming to us this morning. Now, she's coming to us like Nancy Griffith. She's from a distance because she's coming to us live from the Camino this morning where the Cush Noor Camino uh, is taking place and um, walkers have embarked on this eight-day trip covering over 120 kilometres. So Mags will be telling us all about how that is going. Also, I am so excited. I'm so excited because we have the lovely Sandy Kelly, one of Ireland's most beloved performers uh, is coming on to tell us about her new book In My Own Words and of course Sandy is such a star and um, must acknowledge also a good friend of mine so so looking forward to chatting with Sandy about her new book that'll be just after 11 o'clock as well she's also had a little hiatus from the recording studio so she'll be coming on to tell us about her new album the first solo album in 30 years oh my god um, as well and Marta is telling us her about her new book of course Anne is uh, a local member of Kilkenny's Archaeological Society and she's telling us about her book The Climbing Boys now this book uh, introduces us to Hugh Scholar O'Dare and Daniel O'Connell so she's certainly uh, merging the world of history there nicely and how much is that doggy in the window I wonder well Alicia Coyle uh, will tell us all about that Alicia, of course, from Connolly's Red Mills, and she's here to tell us about Madra Monday, which is taking place um, as part of this year's Savour Kilkenny Food Festival. So um, that is all uh, that I have to tell you. Thanks so much to the lovely Natalie Lennon uh, for telling us all about all things breakfast, buffet this morning. Arash, Arish, De Sahan Shakhoun, Lacoon of Day. And she's going to be doing their dating dilemma tomorrow night. I must text in my dating dilemmas to you, Natalie. See, could you resolve them? Now, can you, can we, can you apply for an extended session, Natalie? You might need an extra couple of hours of the show. Anyway, and of course, Angela Joyce Stewart's there 
there on the news, Arash Arish, Arash and uh, um, Foth uh, as well. Now, let's head over to the telephone line and we're delighted to be joined on it by uh, the ever-lovely Shirley Lanigan. Shirley, good morning. Edward, 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 I really don't know what to do. I take a week's holidays and I heard all, all hell broke out <laughs> last week with, between you and phones and, and, and I don't know what. I, I really, I can't take holidays. Well, <laughs> let, let me tell you, Shirley, the only thing I can say to you is I was nearly ready to put myself into the bag for the leaf mould last week. But anyway, <laughs> it's a brand new day, so um, we, we, it's we won't... It's a brand new sunny day. It's a brand new sunny day for sure. Now, how are you keeping? Because we did give you a few little weeks off to uh, to take a bit of respite from us. You're in good order, Shirley? I'm in very good order, but you know something? I have a small boy here. Gregory is with us today. And the Prince! Edward to say hello to him on the radio. He's going out to the pumpkin patch in, in Nor Valley Park uh, later this morning. And if Edward said hello to him, he would think he was the most oh. important child in the world. Well, we would love to say good morning to the ever-lovely Gregory, uh, listening to Granny on the radio talking all things gardening. And uh, hopefully Gregory is in good form. We actually feel like we've grown up with Gregory because we uh, have, have heard all of his bits and pieces. Would he like to say good morning to us on the radio, Shirley? That is the question. I, 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 I don't know. I could try. Would Ask I, him, would I you like it? to tell us about the pumpkin? <laughs> uh, about the pumpkin patches. He might like to, to tell us about oh, that. Did you say hello to Gregory on the radio? Say hello, Edward. Hello, Edward. Hello, Gregory. How are you? Good. And come here. I heard you're going out looking for pumpkins today. Yes. Yes. Oh, what kind of a pumpkin are you looking for? Are you looking for a big one or a small one? A big one. A big one. And then you're going to uh, help Granny cut lovely scary faces in it, are you? Yes. Oh, my God. Do you love... Like a scarecrow. Like a scarecrow. You'll have to get a bit of straw as well. Have you any straw? Yes. Oh, you'll do a lovely scarecrow as well. Do you love coming down to Kilkenny, Gregory? Yes. Oh, I bet you get spoiled rotten, do you? Yes. And tell me, what age are you now, Gregory? Up the cats. What? Up the cats. Up the cats, up the cats for sure. Tell me, Gregory, what age are you? Four. Oh, my God. You're practically a gentleman. So there you go now. There's a lovely little introduction to Gregory, chairperson or joint chairperson of the Shirley Lanigan fan club, I can tell. <laughs> oh, he'll be delighted with himself when he hears that back. There you have it. Of course he will. Um, of course he will. Well, it's lovely to have him on the show and of course, uh, lovely to have you as well. Shirley, I have a mountain of questions because um, when you were when you were missing and they're coming at me hot and heavy, so I might get into them if that's all right. Um, our texture says, good morning, Edward. Could you please ask Shirley what is best to put around trees in the garden? I have tried plastic with bark over it and also peat and I have so little flowers. All look great, says the texter, until the birds decide to come and scatter the bark and the peat all over the place. Now, this is a common conundrum, surely. Yeah, but you know what to do. Just uh, they, they do it while it's fresh because they're searching to see if there's a few worms. And the fact that they know that there are worms there 
is proof to you that what you've done is the right thing. Okay. Because in putting the bark mulch on the ground, you're bringing up the you're bringing up the moisture content, and you're enriching the ground. And enriched ground is where you'll find worms. So just put up with the fact that you know every few days, just go out and rake it back on again. Now they'll they'll who should back off, but eventually they stop because as it starts to decompose, it gets dragged down by those worms, and it becomes part of the soil. So it's only it's a short term problem, but it's a it's it's pointing to the fact that you're doing the right thing. So be happy with yourself and be pleased to know that you've got a nice, healthy worm population there that the birds are getting in and having a go at. And remember, if they're eating worms, they're also eating all the nasty things, the vine weevils and and the 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 slugs and the things that we don't like quite so much so just be pleased with that tap yourself on the back <laughs> and get a small little yard brush to hoosh the peat back in yeah exactly exactly <laughs> it takes a few minutes and if you've got a small Gregory you could get a miniature brush <laughs> and you could maybe encourage them to do that in exchange for, for a lollipop or something in exchange for treats uh, hi Edward can you please ask Shirley what should I do with the lovely dahlia that I have in a pot before the frost comes now Shirley just to rewind that back one second the dahlias are still looking fabulous at the minute aren't they oh they are and people who people who put the work in when dahlias earlier in the year they're reaping the rewards now because dahlias are they're still looking magnificent basically dahlias salvias and asters are the three big stars at this time of the year and nareens but the dahlia your, your, your person is right to ask. When the first frost hits, it'll be light enough. The first frost is usually light enough. But what it'll do is it'll blacken the leaves on your, your dahlia. So leave them out until they're finished flowering, right? Mm-hmm. And when the first frost bump comes and the whole plant suddenly overnight turns into like a mushy looking, ugh, chop it to the ground pull it out of the pot and shake all the soil off it and you'll see that, but do it gently because you're going to have fingers of tubers that all sort of gather together like sort of a hand Mm. and you don't want to knock any of them off because they're the food stores for next year. So gently take the soil off it and then stick them in a cardboard box with some sawdust or something like that, dry sand or something like that and put them in the driest, coldest part of your shed or if you've got a garage right at the back and put mark on the outside telling you you know uh, red double dahlias or single pink dahlias or you know tall yellow dahlias because you know if you've got several of them and you put them all in the shed when you come back next spring and you go to plant them you won't remember which tuber is which and you could end up putting the yellow ones where you want the red ones Mm. and the red ones where you want the pink ones so mark the outside of the box and you won't have to think about them then until next spring when you take them out and start them growing again. I used your phrase recently. You were on during the summer, if you remember, you were talking about some place that you visited and you said they had dahlias that flowers on them the size of a plate. So I was in my friend's house <laughs> recently. I said, your dahlias are beautiful. My God, your flowers the size of a plate. <laughs> <laughs> well, whenever I see the big ones, I think of you because those huge big ones, 
one bloom is enough to bring in and it looks like you've put a whole arrangement in a bowl or a glass or a bath sure. or whatever. They're, they're, they're wonderful flowers. They really are great. Uh, for sure. Shirley, we have a texture here and I could have texted whilst I didn't, but I, I could have because our texture says, should I prune back my lavender? Now, I will boast to you whilst uh, we're, we're telling you that that I kind of had a lavender last at the start of the summer that was very tired and shabby and not chic from last year and I minded it and I loved it and I washed it and I fed it and it, it has come on but now our texter is asking should I prune back my lavender and so too am I Yes, do. I mean, a lot of people, they'll notice now what you've got is the spent flower heads. Cut them off and keep those dried flowers. You could either leave them on the stalk if they look pretty, but they're probably a bit too shook for that. Scoop them, scrape them off the stalk and you can put them on a little plate in the airing cupboard, uh, you know, and make everything smell nice in the airing cupboard or your linen cupboard or mm. whatever. I mean, you know, if you were very swanky, you could put them into, you know, little... Um, cloth envelopes and make pretty little <laughs> posies or something out of them but for the rest of us in your you know, spare time <laughs> in, your, in your spare time you know when you're finished taking down your uh your Halloween decorations you can do that no literally just put them on a plate in the airing cupboard they, 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 they'll make it smell lovely but that anyway you get rid of them and then just trim over the top of the, bro- the, the bush and make it look nice and neat and it's a plant that comes from the Mediterranean, so don't leave it in a place over the winter. If it's in a pot, don't leave it in a place where it's going to be getting drenched with rain. You know, bring it to a wall where the, the, the rain tends to not not hit, with, you know, with the lee of the wall going against the rain. Okay. And keep it more, fairly dry over the winter. You know, a bit of water, a bit of rain won't do it any harm, but just make sure it doesn't get waterlogged but it's not under a drain or something where they're going to get a, a constant uh, spill of water to soggy up the ground too much for us. I think my errors are now becoming evident. Um, someone on our WhatsApp wants to know, Shirley, is it a good time to plant tulips? I, I'm, I'm heartened that people are thinking of the spring in this sunny October oh, yeah. day. Now, I, I would wait until November for planting tulips. Buy them now, by all means. You know, there's a few still left uh, in the garden centres. Buy them and store them in a cool, dark place. But I wouldn't be planting them until November. Tulips, again, come from dry, arid sort of uh, um, ground in, in their native countries. And they don't like sitting in cold, wet, damp soil for long periods of time. So the less time they spend in the wet Irish ground, the better. So hang on till November and then in November, plant them up and you'll, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll romp ahead and you'll have lovely flowers next year. How lovely. Uh, Ashling has just sent in a note, uh, Shirley, that somebody has called us in. They've called us on 1800 96 and they said, uh, can you please ask Shirley if you can take cuttings off of what, Shirley? Hydrangeas. Hydrangeas for <laughs> sure and certain. Can you? Yeah, you can. You can. Now? Uh, I mean, you can take this. Uh, yes, there's a lot of things, actually, you can take cuttings from now. If you, uh, We were talking about the... the um, uh, dahlias and salvias. The salvias are a good thing as well to take cuttings from now. But, yeah, um, a nice, fresh, uh, maybe 8 to 10... Uh, no, about 15 centimetres long with about two or three leaves at the top. And you either use or not use um, rooting powder, mm. uh, but make sure that the, the, the compost you use is nice and gritty and free draining. Um, 
pop them up if you've got a greenhouse in the greenhouse or in a nice, uh, fairly sunny, not not direct sun, but fairly sunny windowsill. You could even, in a very sheltered outside spot, pop them up. And basically, the thing about cuttings is they cost nothing. And if you know anybody who's got a plant, be it a hydrangea or any shrub or anything that's looking good at the moment, just go take a few cuttings, experiment, see what you come up with. You'll be amazed. I mean, I've put sticks in the ground forgotten about them and come back, uh, you know, a few years, a few months later to find, you know, little shoots coming coming out. So chance, anything, hydrangeas, anything, anything, anything. Do you know what's also a lovely thing to do at the moment? There's acorns all over the, 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 the place on the ground. And with the children, pick up a few acorns, pop them up. And, you know, it's about two years when they have a tiny little acorn tree, a little acorn tree, a little oak tree in the pot. They'll be just so delighted with themselves. You won't see much, you won't see much growth next year, but the year after, uh, it, it'll be like a little bonsai tree. And then you can decide, do you want to give it to somebody who's got a huge big garden? Or if you have a huge big garden yourself, you can plant it out there. Nice legacy to leave, isn't so it? Seeds, a big oak yeah, tree. Seeds, seeds as well as, yeah, seeds as well as, as cuttings, but I, I just I find at this time of the year every time I go out, I come back with uh, a few more acorns from this tree or that garden or that county, and uh, I'll be I don't have I don't have ground enough now for a whole forest. But as they get bigger, I've got lots of them in pots, and as they get bigger, I I, I give them to people who I know do have the space. And it, as you say, it's a lovely thing to do. For sure. Uh, Shirley, back to the dahlias. Kathleen from Thomastown has texted in and she says, uh, Shirley, when I buy my dahlia tubulars uh, next spring, should I grow them in pots first before I plant them out? And that's a good question. Kathleen, Mahan Colleen. Yeah, no, top of the class, Kathleen. Yes, you start them in pots and you keep them in pots until basically almost like the end of May, certainly mid-May. And at that point then, once you're fairly safe that they're not going to be um, uh, hampered by a a bad frost, you can plant them out in their final uh, flowering position. But you do start them in pots in the early spring because it means you get a, a really good amount of growth done indoors before you put it out when it'll start getting ready to flower. So, yes, absolutely. Plant them in pots. Good woman, Kathleen. Shirley, we're really soaking you for information today. But the final question, just whilst you're having a little quick flick at your phone there, because I sent you a picture. Um, I sent you a lovely picture and it came in from a regular listener of ours, a very regular listener who's Kirsty in Durham in the UK. And she says, Hi, Edward and Shirley. Thought you might like to see a picture of my apple blossoms in my garden a couple of days ago. She asks, will we have apples in April? No, you won't. <laughs> <laughs> short, short and short and sweet, Kirsty. You won't have apples in April. Yeah, no, no, no. Unfortunately, not. There's a lot of the, 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 the weird year we've had with the ups and the downs and the hot and colds and the oh, it's, it's been crazy. I'm seeing things flowering at the moment that really shouldn't be flowering. And yeah, apple blossom. There's a bit of apple blossom around. I, I, I came across a foxglove the other day, and you thought, what is that doing flowering at the moment? No, unfortunately you won't have apples there because as soon as the frost comes that the, 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 that little flower is going to be zapped the blossoms will go and they will return Shirley listen there we must leave it have a lovely day out at the Nor, um, Nor Valley um, getting your pumpkins with Master Gregory hope that goes uh, really nice have a lovely Sasha don't forget to pull on a little beret as you're heading out there Shirley now it's beret weather <laughs> 
It is, isn't it? And you carried them off the best I know. Uh, have a lovely weekend everybody you too Shirley good morning to you uh, now that's Shirley Lanning and our resident gardening expert how lovely is it to have Shirley back big hugs for Shirley Anish Arash i Gion Cúplin Omeid Fáman Seo The Saturday Show with Edward Hayden with thanks to Lyrath Estate, Kilkenny's luxury hotel. Perfect for spoiling yourself. More details on lyrath.com. Carlo, Kilkenny, KCLR. Oh, tough old Shirash Edward Hayden with you here at Clare on Saturn. 0833069696 is our dinnersready.ie contact line for all of your texts and WhatsApps. Or, of course, you can telephone us on 1800 90 96 96 and we'd love to hear from you. Uh, for sure in certain. Uh, reminding you that a little bit later on in this morning's show we're going to be chatting with uh, one of Ireland's most beloved performers and uh, a great exponent of Irish and country music and that is Sandy Kelly who's coming on to tell us about her new book In My Own Words and of course uh, her return to the recording studio after a long hiatus of almost 30 years so we're so looking forward to chatting with her after 11. We're also very looking forward to chatting with our next guest who's going to chat all things food with as I was telling you at the start, I'm really in uh, the mood for like the, the Sunday roast chicken, a really nice uh, roast chicken. So let's delve into food and let's talk about the Sunday Cook Club with TV chef and broadcaster Ashling Larkin. Good morning, Ashling. How are you? I'm great, Edward. How are you? I'm very good. So lovely to have you on with us. I'm so used to um, seeing you, of course, on um, Virgin Media and, of course, listening to you with our Kilkenny compadriot, Kieran Cuddy. So it's lovely to have you on the show and to fall well, thanks very much. I know I was only saying this to somebody during the week. I can't believe our path has never crossed. I know. Yes, isn't it just incredible? Because I was actually watching you this week. By the way, that granola parfait you made. <laughs> gorgeous on Ireland AM. Absolutely fabulous. And Tommy Bow, how sad was he that he missed that? How sad indeed. <laughs> listen, we're like morning and evening. We're, we're ships in the night, Ashling. But listen, the world of KCLR has brought us together and I'm so delighted um, that it has. Food has never been more popular. Sure it hasn't, Ashling. I mean, I, I keep saying to people, it's the universal vernacular. Everybody is immersed with it. That's it. It like it brings us all together. We all have to eat, you know, three, four, five meals a day. And mm. for some of us, there's great joy in in preparing those meals and eating those meals. And in other times, it's great just to have an old moan with somebody about how bored and how sick you are cooking <laughs> the same thing. The Shirley Valentine day. effect, isn't it? That's it. Like that is it. And I mean, even for like particularly the like you and me. I mean, food is our world. You know, we're immersed in it for work mm. and for the joy of it as well and for all of that and like it's lovely like don't I love if my kitchen is quiet and I can potter around and make some bread or do a cake or something lovely but like I'm a mommy of three so I have a 10 year old a 5 year old and a 4 year old busy lady so have oh stop and I mean there's you know the swimming and there's football and there's a hockey blitz today and there's just we seem to be just, you know, you kind of step onto this cycle on a Monday morning and it's like, okay, see you Friday at about seven o'clock when we can jump off this wheel for a little bit. And it, it is busy, like it is busy. And I suppose if you're trying to feed your families well and you're trying to do your best, because like, look, we're all just trying to do our best and our best isn't perfect. I think sometimes people think, oh, it has to be perfect. Everything but our best be is good perfect. enough. I'm very, I'm very convinced Absolutely. that our best is good enough. 100% our best is good enough. That's exactly it. You know, I was even talking about, I was speaking in, 
coffee cake on the six o'clock show on Tuesday night and I was just saying you know we were talking about you know when you put the flour in sometimes it might curdle a little bit mm. with the eggs and how you bring it back and we were just saying like it's okay the oven will actually kind of sort most of it out you're not on the Great British Bake Off you're not yeah. in the Michelin Star restaurant it's just a lovely coffee cake just and a bit of ice and it'll finish off any other <laughs> indiscretions that's it It'll fill in the cracks. You won't see any of it. For sure. <laughs> Ashlyn, come here. Um, with regard to these bona fides and your mission, um, it's it's very simple and straightforward with regard to this Sunday Cook Club, which is uh, beginning tomorrow. It's an online initiative. Um, it sounds fascinating. Give us the nuts and bolts of it and how people can get involved. And um, it, it sounds very sustaining and replenishing in itself. So tell us what it is. It is. So look, I suppose Sunday Cook Club has emerged out of just my life. Like that is what I have to do. I, you know, we've two people working in this house, three kids on the go. So in order for me to run the week and, and get everything done, I have to do a little bit of food prep at the weekend. And what I've found myself just naturally kind of falling into is we get up, we have a lazy breakfast, there's pyjamas, there's cereal in front of the TV. Oh, I love it. Can I come round to your house in the morning? You certainly can, but it is. It's lovely. And I cherish my Sunday mornings. Like, nothing will get in the way of a lovely, lazy breakfast for me on a Sunday morning. I absolutely love it. But after that, then, you're up, you're clearing the table. What I tend to do then is they'll, you know, there might be a football match, there might be something on, and I'll go, okay, this is my time now. So from about 11 o'clock to half 12 or 1 o'clock, I found myself in the kitchen prepping those essentials that I know that I will use during the week that will get me out of a hole, that will help me kind of if I'm stuck, that we're kind of, okay, what's, what's quick, what's easy here, how can, and, and still keep it nourished. So the whole idea behind Sunday Cook Club is that we eat better, we save time, we save money. So what you get is when you sign up, um, ahead of Sunday, I will send you a weekly meal planner with breakfast, lunch and dinner. Then what I do is I love this concept of like double cooking, you know, so it's basically cook, cook once, but eat twice. Mm. So it's this whole idea of, you know, batch something. As you were saying, you know, you're going to make the roast chicken on a, on a Sunday. Well, then have it and have leftover maybe quesadillas or tacos or something like that with it on Monday evening. So it's a quick dinner on a Monday evening. You're not kind of starting into the thoughts of, oh, God, we've had a long day here on Monday and I have to go start from scratch. So it's, you get your weekly meal planner and um, you get then mom, a dad lunch. So these ideas that you can bring food into the office or for lunches that are kind of leftovers, but really tasty. Then we have a lunchbox planner. So I've been doing lunchboxes on my Instagram for the last, oh God, seven, seven years at this stage. Um, and it's just, it's sometimes we struggle as parents. Going, what am I going to, what's different? What can I put in the lunchbox? So you get your lunchbox planner for what goes into that every week. You get your grocery shopping list for what you need for the week. So if you want to do the online shop, just log it all in. It'll be delivered. And then on Sunday, log in, as I say, put your hair in a bun and get stuff done for two hours. It's casual. It's make a cup of tea. This is live from my house. So there's a chance my kids will potter in and out. It's it's casual. It's just us all coming together, having a cup of tea, cook. So just get the basics done. So this week, as an example, we're going to do overnight oats. Um, and they, so they'll be in the fridge so they'll be ready for Monday morning to go and there'll probably be some left over for Tuesday morning we are going to do my famous 3 two, one soup 3 carrots 2 potatoes 1 onion a bit of stock a bit of milk that's it it is gorgeous treacle brown bread um, and then we're going to have a slow cooker sticky Cajun chicken ready so that's going to go in the slow cooker on Sunday night and it's going to be ready so dinner is done for Monday so at least then you've got these little things so the, you know things like hummus so that you can dip into that, a batch of roast veggies. Mm. So rather than the veg being left still hanging around the drawer in the fridge on Thursday, you've actually cooked them on Sunday, and, you know, you can throw them into a bit of pasta, put them on a papadam with a little bit of hummus. So it's ways of getting us to eat better, those nutrient-dense kind of foods, but really, really simple. 
Absolutely. And of course, you know, it's really, I think, now maybe you you don't agree, I sometimes think the thinking around um, food, and I mean, even for me, it's my job, but even I sometimes think the thinking around it is thinking, oh my God, what am I going to have? So if there's a bit of order and a bit of rigour around your planning, it does make it easier that you know you're going to have these quesadillas on a Monday night or you know you're going to have, you know, bolognese on a Tuesday and that can then be stuffed into a big potato on a Wednesday or whatever. So thinking around it is really key, isn't it? A hundred percent. And just kind of, you know yourself, if you're wandering the aisles of a supermarket on a Saturday or a Friday, mm. whoever it is, and there's a bit of this, a bit of that going in. And like, I do that. I actually don't do the online shop. My sister still laughs at me because she adores online shopping. I'm like, no, I need to go and see the food. I need to feel the food. Yeah, get a grab of it. Make sure yes. that they're not giving you the yellow broccoli. That is, that is, and I'm, I am adamant about that. So I do love going to the supermarket. But I do find myself, because I looked at my sister shopping last week, the delivery man was there when I was at her house. I was like, for the week this is what you're going to survive on and she was like Ashley this is all I need she was like and she's rigorous about her planning mm. so I've had to kind of train my because I wasn't naturally like that and I found since I've started to do that like I've dropped my grocery bills from around maybe the 250 euro down to 220 now it's only 30 quid but that's still 30 yeah, euro 30 quid is 30 quid isn't it yeah and it is you know and look the other lovely thing about the Sunday Cook Club is it's like I said, it's super casual it's really informal you're going to join online turn your camera on turn your camera off whatever join in if you have a question but I'm kind of there to hold your hand a little bit and give you the, the secret top tips you know the little things like we're going yeah. to put a little cartouche on the veggies when they um, soften down just a bit of parchment paper over them to cook them down but it releases sweetness from the carrots and the onions and that's where actually the flavour comes from in the soup and the other thing is that I'm trained as a feeding therapist and um, so I trained in the States years ago in paediatric feeding therapy in Texas and for, for a long time I worked in that area and I suppose one of the things that I found is for a lot of families it's not feasible to attend a weekly therapy session or to engage with somebody on mm. a kind of a weekly basis for a couple of months so what I'm inviting people to do is when they join so it's just dropping every week you know pay your 9.99 come this week don't come next week come if it suits you come if it doesn't you know it's not a rigorous thing but if you did have a little question like listen my lad doesn't eat breakfast in the morning or my little one is only she's gone off pasta I don't know what to do I'm there to help you. There'll be casual answers, but there'll be little top tips along the way that you can implement during the week. So, And I think that's something that people don't really have access to. So I'm really kind of excited yeah. to be able to share that knowledge with people as well. And, and it's really like a, a community, because one of my questions that you have now answered was, is there the capacity for people to interact? Because I think when there is that interaction and when there is that capacity to ask a question or listen to someone else asking the question, if if, if you're, you know, a little bit reticent to ask it, but when someone else asks it, there's there's confidence in that. And there is that sense of a coming together as a, as a community. Of sh- It's a shared endeavour, really, isn't it? That is 100% it. And I know we hear about this word of like mm. a tribe, but like I do a little sea dip on a Saturday morning and there's a group of us that go down and we do what we need to do. And then the other half that is spent drinking tea and having a good old, sometimes we have a little moan, you know, about yes, the week and yeah, you need to get yeah. it off your chest. And that's what this is. I mean, parenting is, it's flipping hard. And particularly like sometimes you have grannies and granddads as well who are minding kids. You have childminders and, you know, there's a lot of people like that who I think if you just, like I said, I'm, I'm, by, by my nature, I'm not the most organized person in the world. And for me, this just this little bit of organization allows the week to roll a little bit further. And like I said, it's like my hair, this is a, you know yourself, when we turn up on TV, you have to be dressed. You, you, you know, you go to wardrobe, you do hair and makeup. This is coming into my kitchen on a Sunday morning, hair in a bun, 
kids wandering around, it, it has to be, that's the way I'm, I, we're trying to create exactly that, that kind of very safe, very casual community where we can just come together, get a few jobs done, get a few bits cooked in the fridge for the week and then head off on a Sunday and live your best life and feel quite smug about it at the end, might I tell you. <laughs> I'm thinking to myself, that's my, that's my treat on a Tuesday morning in Ireland DM. I pollute my hair with hairspray so that I get the day out of it. After, after getting a blow dry at seven o'clock in the morning, I said, I'm definitely going to have this till tonight. Come here, Ashling. tell me, how can people um, get in contact with you and sign up to be part of this? Give us the signposts around that before I let you go. So my gorgeous new website is ashlinglarkin.ie and if you head to the event section, Sunday Cook Club is there. Pop in, there's loads of different places where you can join up. Um, and if you have any questions, I'm a great girl for Instagram. Head on over to Instagram, send me a little DM and if you have any questions or queries around it, I'll get back to you on it today. Um, but yeah, so ashlinglarkin.ie and sign up and if you can't join this week, sure we'll see you next week. And if you can come this week, amazing. I'm looking forward to having everybody. It's, it's, it's going to be a really lovely thing. Well, listen, I'm ready to lick the phone here because I'm looking at a beautiful Thai green broccoli and chicken uh, with basmati and broccoli rice and it looks absolutely amazing. Amazing, And here's me sitting with not even a glass of milk in front of me. But anyway, uh, <laughs> Ashling, it's so gorgeous to chat with you. And I really do hope that we can meet in person very soon. But uh, the Sunday Cook Club sounds like a, a fantastic uh, option. But um, we look forward to seeing you in your bun on the, on the Cook Club. Lovely to chat <laughs> with you and happy Saturday. You too, Edward. Take care. Good morning. Uh, now, Ashling Larkin, they're telling us all about the Sunday Cook Club. How exciting uh, would that be on a Sunday morning to be uh, getting all your bits and pieces done uh, for the week as well? It would be absolutely lovely. Now, um, we have a little break lined up and after that we're going to head out on the Camino. Now, we're going to do a very easy version of the Camino because we're just going to listen to Mags and tell us all about it. Therese Ansosbjog. The Saturday Show with Edward Hayden. KCLR. With thanks to Lyrath Estate, Kilkenny's luxury hotel. Perfect for spoiling yourself. More details on lyrath.com. Carlo. Kilkenny. KCLR. Now, good morning. You're very welcome back. Lovely to have you with us. As always on a Saturday morning, we do value your company here every Saturday on Casey Law's Saturday show. Uh, it is myself, Edward Hayden, here with you and delighted to head immediately over to uh, the telephone line because on it we're joined by Bill Cuddehy, who's chairperson of Cushnore Cancer Support Centre and himself and a number of others, including our resident psychotherapist, Mags Bowen, are on the Kushnor Camino 2023. They've embarked on an eight-day trip covering over 120 kilometres and they're joining us now live from the Camino. Bill, good morning to you. Good morning, Edward. Nice to talk to you and thanks so much for taking our call, uh, Bill. Uh, paint a picture, Bill. Where are you? What are you up to? Well, we are about seven or eight kilometres into the first morning. Uh, we started in Valencia on the Portuguese side of the border we passed through the town of Tui and we're on the way to a, a small town called Oporino. So we're at, at this, the, the time you phoned us, we're actually at the side of a busy road and it's about the busiest road we're going to be passing through in the day. So if you hear cars in the background, that's what it is. Lovely, it's atmospheric. Um, Bill, I always wonder about the Camino um, in terms of when you get there, uh, the advanced planning that's required, but when you get there, 
is it kind of signposted or how how do we know the route? Because I have this vision that, you know, the people are in that biblical sense, you know, companions on a journey and, and meeting up with people who are there for, for different reasons or to sustain themselves in different ways. But is it is it um is it well planned or well known or well documented when you get there? Oh it is, yeah, it is. It's very clearly marked. There's oh. yellow yellow arrows and uh, the Camino shells and the signs everywhere you go. We we were, I was up last night looking at the map and trying to work out the route and trying to get it mentally in my head and I really didn't need to do any of that because it, it, it was quite well marked and if you want to be lazy about it you just follow the people that look like professional Camino walkers ahead of it <laughs> and stay with them. Tell me um, why this undertaking, why the Kushnor Camino uh, 2023 Bill, what's the, 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 the bona well, fides behind it? Well, it's it, it, it is it's a fundraising exercise for 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 Kushnor, uh, and we're, we 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 have. I think you've got the details of the I donate pages. I certainly for, do for for all of us. It's essentially to raise funds for Kushnor to provide the services that we provide, uh, and to uh, continue to provide those uh, services for people in the community whose lives are affected by cancer. Uh, and it's also, I take the opportunity just to say that uh, we'll be fundraising on, on, on a bigger scale uh, in, the, in the coming weeks because we just received word uh, three days ago that the council intends to grant a planning permission for a conversion of a house on the Waterford Road for a new, a new headquarters for Cushnor. Oh, fabulous. Um, so uh, once that comes through, um, and it should come through the full... A uh, grant of uh, planning permission should come through in just under a month. We'll then be in a position then to um, commission works to be done and convert the house to our needs. So we'll have our own place, and we're very thankful to the Cody family of modern printers who provided us with uh, a, a free premises in Walking Street for the last 10 years. But we've just outgrown that in terms of size. And where we're moving to is much, much bigger with its own car, car parking space and everything. So it, it would help us to provide all the services on site and expand our services as well. Absolutely. Bill, before I let you go and before I chat uh, with Mags, maybe you might just give her, give us a flavour of how life is back home um, in the in the centre, as you said, on, on Walken Street, uh, both internally and externally. What kind of capacity are you at or what are you dealing with at the minute in terms of in terms of the workload? Well, we have an active uh, uh, workload of, of people who uh, that, we're, that we're supporting of over 300 my God. Over 300. We have over 300. And last year we had uh, just 115 new new uh, people who attended us. Now, there are people who either have cancer or people who, uh, whose, whose relatives have cancer. So it's, it's, it's a busy workload um, and, and it's expanding the whole time. It certainly is, and so good to have it in the community. And um, uh, you know, people will will need to to step up, as you said. Now, when um, the bigger fundraising initiative is done, but I have no doubt, but the people of the area will will uh, will will help you to reach the targets required. Bill, enjoy um, the trip. It probably sounds like a, a, a shallow invocation, but um, I hope it goes well for you. 120 is a big undertaking, but I hope it goes uh, really well for you. We're just going to take a little break here. In Maybe you, uh, you might pass the phone to Mags and we'll chat with her just after this commercial break. Thanks, Bill. Thanks very much, Edward. Thanks a lot. KCLR. 
Now, good morning. You're very welcome back. Lovely to have you uh, with us and thanks for staying with us. Uh, hi, Edward, says uh, an emailer. I'm listening to you here in Tasmania. Can you please wish my mam, Mina O'Dwyer, and sister Deirdre Murphy all the very best oh. on the Camino? And that's with lots of love from Sheila and Mick. And I'm delighted to join with Sheila and Mick in wishing Mina and Deirdre. Mina's such a good friend of mine. We worked together a hundred years ago in the lovely Kilkenny <laughs> Design Centre and... Uh, wish herself and Deirdre and indeed all of the uh, travellers all the best. Mags Bowen uh, joins us on the line now uh, from Camino. Good morning Mags. Good morning Edward, how are you? I'm very good. Well listen you're some doll. Thank you, Edward, I think. <laughs> yes, yeah, of course. That is that is a complimentary uh, <laughs> phrase. Listen, you're um, you're on the early stages, so you're all fresh and unblistered and unweathered at the minute. We're all fresh, and yeah, we're really delighted to be here. And there's eleven of us here today, Edward. So I suppose there's there's Mags Cuddyhe, there's Mags B, myself, Bill Cuddyhe, Richie Bowen, Sheila Murphy, Liz Kavna, and Power. Uh, Joan Byrne, Charlotte Barton, Deirdre Murphy and um, Mina O'Dwyer and all the I donate pages are up so I suppose why we're here is to raise funds for Cushnore Cancer Sports Centre and no amount is too small but every penny goes towards the service that is um, you know um, I suppose what is provided for children, teenagers, adults and whole family systems so we're really enjoying ourselves but um, important to get the message out there that the I donate pages are up and we appreciate any donation. Absolutely, and people can find that on uh, the Koshnor uh, Cancer Support Centre Facebook page. All of the all of the I donate pages are up there, and as you said, um, any donation will be welcome, and all donations, as Bill said, will be needed for the next phase of of the journey. Mags, talk to me about that journey in itself. I mean, obviously, we chat uh, about deep things here very often on the show. I always have this sense, I said to Bill about that biblical sense of being a companion on the journey. What's the kind of the vibe or the mood, not even amongst your own group, but amongst others? You know, everybody doing this for a different reason, it's sustaining them in a different way, perhaps replenishing them. And, you know, they're looking for these accommodations that you speak of so often. Yeah, look, it's, it's, it's time out, certainly, and uh, it's a great opportunity to raise money for our charities like Push North. We're passing groups of people all the time, um, smiling, nodding, wishing uh, beyond Camino, and um, we're all here this morning in our Push North t-shirt, so we're very easily identified, but there's many groups, and it is, I suppose it's time out as well as everything else in space to think and contemplate, but... Um, also to, to get together and do some good for a great organisation. Indeed. So how will you kind of, you'll motor on then, is it kind of an average of 20 a day or what's the kind of the, the modus operandi for you for the next couple of days, Mags? Yeah, 20 a day. One day, I think it's 26 and the least uh, distance is 14, but overall 20 a day and we'll have our 120 complete by Thursday evening. Um, all going well. Lovely. And then in the evening, because my friend went on it before, but in the evening she spoke about that you could go into a taverna and, you know, maybe get a little carafe of wine or some really nice. She used to speak about going kind of like off the beaten track to find those lovely places where the locals uh, eat as well. And that sharing of food and, and, and the breaking of bread almost. I don't know anything about that yet. It was, we'll have to see. It might be bread and water in the <laughs> Well, listen, come here. You won't walk too far tomorrow on bread and water, so throw in a no, bit of sea no. bass into it as well. 
No, you may be sure we look after ourselves. We'll be okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I can sense there from from listening that the mood is good and the 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 companions on your journey are uh, are in right good order anyway this morning. We have a great bunch here, and yeah, it's going to be very enjoyable and has been enjoyable so far. And um, we're looking forward to the rest of the week. And thank you so much for giving us this opportunity to just put the word out there. Well, listen, we're very happy to, to do that and we're very happy again to signpost people to uh, the Cushnor Facebook page where they can find all of the um, I Donate pages. And of course, it doesn't matter who you give it to, but give it to somebody. Um, and don't push north, but yeah, it doesn't matter who, but just uh, give it to somebody. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, Mags and all of your travellers there, we wish you well. We wish you good speed. We hope you have a safe journey. Keep yourselves safe and well. That's most important. Uh, the endeavour is, um, is, is, is very well intentioned, but mind yourselves and stay safe as well. Thank you so much. We'll all give it goodbye. Thank you so much. Yeah, goodbye. absolutely. Woo! <laughs> lovely, lovely, lovely. Nice to talk to you and good morning. Good morning for sure. Thanks Bye, Max Bye. and Bill and all. Um, how lovely um, as well, aren't they mighty? Do you know what I'm going to tell you? It is my dream at some stage to do the Camino. I'd love to do it. Um, I have such a vision of what I think it would be and what I think it would do. Um, I think I told you before, I'll, I'll remind you very briefly, a number of years ago I did the Loch Derg uh, pilgrimage, which mm, didn't really do a whole lot for me, but I had a couple of, you know, very uh, positive and transformative experiences on Croke Patrick, um, to which I hope to, to go again. But the Camino is also on my list and... I think there has to be something about that passing uh, through towns and passing through people and, you know, sharing a bit of your story and listening to a bit of theirs and then going on um, into the into the day or into the night again. I, I, I can only imagine it's very special. But um, how lovely that they're undertaking that there, the Kushnor Camino 2023. And if at all you're in a position to support them in that initiative, um, we'd love to add our voice of support um, to it as well. Now let's take an ad break and we'll be going over just slightly after 11 to the lovely Angela Doyle-Stewart. She's in the newsroom this morning and she's in Dusky Pink. The Saturday Show with Edward Hayden. With thanks to Lyrath Estate, Kilkenny's luxury hotel. Perfect for spoiling yourself. More details on lyrath.com. This Saturday show with Edward Hayden. KCLR. With thanks to Lyrath Estate, Kilkenny's luxury hotel. Perfect for spoiling yourself. More details on lyrath.com. Now, there she is, the lovely Angela Doyle Stewart there. Uh, doesn't it always feel a bit warmer than five degrees and seven when she says it? She says it so lovely. Uh, Angela Doyle Stewart, Arasharisha Ramanli, uh, Newarkth uh, again. Uh, so look forward to that as well. Thanks so much to her. Now, lots coming up in this hour of the show. Uh, very shortly, we're going to be chatting with Anne Murta, who is a local Kilkenny author and a council member of Kilkenny's Archaeological Society. She's going to be telling us about a book called The Climbing Boys in which Hugh Scholar O'Dare meets Daniel O'Connell so she's a great history advocate we're also going to be chatting with Alicia Coyle um, ahead of this year's Saver Kilkenny Food Festival Alicia of course is from Connolly's Red Mills and she's joining us to discuss this year's Madra Monday which is taking place um, as part of the Saver Kilkenny Food Festival but before all of that we're absolutely so delighted thrilled and honoured in equal measure to have the ever lovely Sandra 
Andy Kelly, one of Ireland's most beloved and loved performers um, on the air with us now. Sandy Kelly, good morning to you. Good morning, Edward. It's so nice to talk to you. And likewise, it's lovely to talk with you as well. Well, Sandy, you're literally getting a full renaissance. You're everywhere. You're massive. I'm everywhere, and I'm sure you're one of the people that's happiest. Absolutely. I absolutely... I was beaming with pride last sa- or last Friday night, um, last night week. I was absolutely beaming with pride, sitting on my couch to see you getting the primetime headline slot on the country music special to be able to sing and join Patrick on the couch as you richly deserve. And I was thrilled I to was, see it. I was delighted. I was delighted too. It was great. And I got great, uh, a great response from it as well, Edward. Why I wouldn't you? No, it's fantastic. It's a great way to launch the book, really. It certainly was. And of course, you found uh, you found a great Johnny Cash substitute in Mike Denver, I have to say. There was uh, chemistry leaping off of the screen from you. Didn't we do a great job, didn't we? Oh, my God. The two of you were mighty. Mm, even that got a great response. Um, it's just singing the song with Mike Denver. It was great. Now, the whole thing was great. And as you know, Edward... Um, there's a new ver- version of Woodcarver actually on the new album. That's um, right. With the keeping the original vocals, but redoing. I don't know if you've had a chance to to listen to it. It's a more sort of traditional um, country. Uh, type thing you know it's lovely really really nice it's absolutely beautiful Sandy let's go back to the two things really because firstly let's talk about the book I have it here in my hand Uh, yourself and the team at O'Brien's very kindly sent it to me so Sandy Kelly in my own words and I read three chapters of it last night while sitting on the couch it is absolutely fabulous and I felt like you were sitting on the couch reading it to me that's how it reads oh that's that is fantastic because that is exactly what I wanted. That's why I hand wrote the book, Edward. I wanted people uh, who knew me to feel that in reading it, that I was actually telling them the yeah. story, you know, like I was sitting there. And do you say you felt like that? I certainly did. I could hear your voice because, you know, you wrote as you speak. You know, there wasn't any yeah. other flourishes or anything around that. It was just from the heart. That is the gospel truth. Oh, Oh, that's lovely. Well, you know what? I couldn't ask for a nicer compliment because that's what I was hoping to get. And, you know, not being knowledgeable about books in any way, um, I just sat down and wrote it. The same as I'd, you know, talk to you, Edward. Listen, we could could see uh, in that opening chapter, The Showman's Daughter, we could see this little little three-year-old child uh, being the magician's helper. You were like the youngest Debbie McGee in the world. (laughs) I was somewhere between uh, Debbie McGee and uh, Shirley Temple. And and, uh, of course, I thought it was better than Shirley Temple, you know. Of course. Um, And so do we. (laughs) So do we. Uh, Sandy, you decided to write the book, and I know you have you had a great relationship with the late Michael O'Brien, um, and and he would have given you great encouragement around the book. The book, would it be fair to say, um, in 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 its in its sense, is a kind of a warts and all book, um, which gives a whistle stop tour to your very interesting life that had uh, incredible highs and, of course, many heartbreaking lows. Yeah, I, I, there again, um, Edward, I wanted it to be honest. Mm. I wanted to write an honest book. And in fairness, um, I was devastated when Michael O'Brien suddenly passed away because, you know, uh, 
he was a great source of encouragement for me. And when I finally got at that man, he had to drag that book out of me, you know. And um, he had the patience of a saint. And when I sent him seven chapters, uh, I was terrified. Imagine, you know, somebody like me writing a book and sending seven chapters to somebody like Michael O'Brien. I was mortified because I thought, you know, he's going to ring me and I'd say, oh, Sandy, I'm sorry, but we might have made a mistake here. But on, on the contrary, he rang and he was in tears when he rang, um, congratulating me on the honesty of it and um, the way that I told the story. And that then helped me to continue on and to maybe even get better as I went along, you know. But why, in answer to your question, why don't I write a book? Um, as you know, Edward, I think I told you before, I didn't really want to write a book. Mm. But my um, son, William, had come up with this, um, you know, this idea of doing a book and an album, the first album in 30 years. And that I'm at a stage and a place in my life where I suppose I've been through a lot like everybody else. And I'm able to talk about it and I'm able to sing about it. And... Um, William made the point that I have a, an annual grandson, Frank, and I come from uh, a culture that's uh, not talked about anymore, the fit-up road shows and a culture uh, that's died out a long time ago. And I wanted to document my history so that Frank uh, could go on and, you know, maybe tell his family that part of of his DNA, if you like, and his heritage history. Absolutely, and of course your dedication in the book says that I hope my story stays with you always and that one day you will share it with your own family and remember me and our family. I love you, Frank. Thank you for shining a bright light on my every day. Uh, we get a sense, Sandy, from your interviews over the years and, of course, from social media that a bright light he indeed is in your life. Uh, you know, as any grandparent listening in at the moment will say, it's a gift, you know, to be a grandparent is a huge gift because, like, you know, we've said many times, we don't have the same amount of time for us. And Frank is a very unique young man. He's, um, he's from an Irish Estonian culture, which is very, um, very family orientated and um, he's very sensitive. He's fantastic with my daughter, Barbara. And he, he, he keeps, he keeps, you know, just as I said, shines a light on my everything. Uh, you, you, you mentioned Barbara there. You write about Barbara in the book. You write about, um, you know, her, her early diagnosis with special needs during the time that uh, you were competing for your country, representing Ireland um, in, in the Eurovision with the Duskies. You spoke about that. I suppose, um, a struggle between performing and gigging and the expectations on that and the roles and responsibilities yeah, of a mother. Um, you're breaking up a little bit, but I think you, you're talking about Eurovision and Barbara. That's and correct. Yeah, yeah, it was, a, it, was a, it was difficult because, you know, the media will focus on, you know, whatever they think is going to get a sensational headline. And at that time, she was having surgery. Um, when I think back now, I think, what was I thinking, going to Eurovision? You know, I, should, I shouldn't have done that at all. But, you know, hindsight is a great thing. You know, the family said, oh, you know, the band hoped the same if you're not there. and She'll be well looked after in the hospital and blah, blah, blah. But I really probably should not have done that at all. Um, but it's easy just to look back now and say those things. I'm looking at a gorgeous... But it was challenging. It was challenging. But thankfully, she came through it. And, you know, there again, uh, sometimes miracles hide. Barbara has uh, challenges in her life, which has brought challenges into our family. But but in having having her as part of our family, 
she she made us a different family with a with a, a better set of a set of priorities. I think. Absolutely. You know, we don't sweat the small things really, Edward. Absolutely. Sandy, uh, Shay Hennessy wrote a beautiful foreword for the book and when I was reading it, we got a sense that you were dragged kicking and screaming into the world of Patsy Cline. Looking back now um, at, at that journey and at Patsy Cline and your your contributions to, to, to her legacy, was she a good servant for you and you for her? Absolutely. I mean, here again, uh, Nothing. Sandy, the line is actually just a little bit difficult. We're going to try and re-establish a better, a better line there. So we'll get back to you in just a, a moment. Uh, that's Sandy Kelly with us there. We're just, uh, we'll work to establish uh, a better line uh, with Sandy Kelly. It's just starting to diminish as well. I have to say the book is absolutely uh, amazing. And of course, Sandy, one of Ireland's most successful singers. Uh, people will know her from uh, the 1982 Eurovision Song Contest where she competed with the Duskies. Here today and gone tomorrow, I think, was the um, was the was the name of the song. And um, yeah, it was it was a it was a great uh, it was a great hit um, for sure. It was absolutely uh, fantastic. But um, her book is just out now, and the book is published by the O'Brien Press, and it's called uh, In My Own Words, and uh, it's it's absolutely fantastic. I think we're having a bit of difficulty re-establishing um, a connection there, re-establishing a line with Sandy. Um, we might play a little bit of music actually in the meantime uh, here is Sandy Kelly and Mike Denver from last week's Late Late Show it was the country special and here they are with Woodcarver and we'll try to, uh, to re-establish that Woodcarver caught me the house of my dreams Make me a street that runs through the mountains under the trees. Would cover do this for me? I can carve you a house out of oak, out of pine. Make you a castle that sits on the Rhine. Even a cottage that no one could find. With the sun that forever will shine I can make it real for you It's only as real as the world that I use I can make your dreams come true That's something you'll have to do Would Carver carve me the love I can't find Make him gentle Tender and kind Cover my heart That will always be mine Would cover Take your time well, I can carve you a knight Or a cowboy in jeans Maybe a sailor Coming home from the sea As hard as the oak or as soft as the pine Just like the man you can find I can make it real for you It's only as real as the wood that 
something you'll have to do Would Carver do your mind if I want Your hands are so smooth, your chisels so sharp A promise that I will not get in your way Would Carver please let me stay Carve you your house, I can carve you your man. Give you much more with these wood carving hands. You won't be a bother if you wanna stay. Do you know what I'm trying to say? I can make it real for you. I'm as real as the wood that I use. Come true There's nothing more you'll have to do Woodcarver, carve me The house of my dreams Carve me a valley Make me a stream That runs through the mountains Under the trees Would Carver do this for me? Now, how fabulous was that? That was Santa Kelly and Mike Denver on last week's Late Late Show. We're having a bit of difficulty re-establishing the line with Sandy, so we're going to take a break and we'll uh, endeavour to do our best to get her. This Saturday show with Edward Hayden. KCLR. With thanks to Lyrath Estate, Kilkenny's luxury hotel. Perfect for spoiling yourself. More details on Lyrath.com. Now, there you have it. You're very welcome back. 083 306 9696 is our dinners contact line. We are um, still working to re establish that line. Um, so we'll hopefully chat with Sandy again before 12 noon. But before all of that, we're delighted to be joined on the telephone line by Anne Murta. And Anne Murta is a local Kilkenny author and council member of Kilkenny's Archaeological Society. And um, she has a new book. Anne, good morning to you. Good morning, Edward. Thanks for having me on the show. It's such a pleasure to have you on the show. It's so uh, interesting because um, one could nearly suggest that there was two roads running parallel, but uh, there's probably three or four converging roads um, in, instead of that. Can I just go back to a little bit before the book? You have designed and facilitated history courses for teachers locally and nationally. What does that involve or how does that work? Yeah, well, it, it came about because I did a, a master's in local history, oh, I'd say some 20-odd years ago, Edward, and that really uh, stood to me well in terms of uh, teacher education. And out of that, I was asked to do local history courses by Kilkenny Education Centre. Uh, myself and Tony Patterson ran them for a couple of years. And I suppose out of that then, uh, when the 1916 Rising commemorations came about, uh, I was asked to look at uh, d- uh, materials for schools and, uh, you know, courses for teachers. So, you know, I, I, it, it all kind of evolved, that whole role around, you know, teacher education. But mm. it was very enjoyable. But it was really out of that, Edwards, that I got uh, writing first because Barnstone Theatre Company asked me to design uh, classroom materials for a 1916-themed play called The Messenger. 
And that's what really got me writing in the first place back in 2017. Well, 2016, the play was on, obviously. And uh, I was just so bowled away by the script. Uh, it really, you know, got me on the road to writing. So um, that was, you know, from my first book, The Sound of Freedom. And Anne, can I ask you a question? And uh, the question is, is, sure. is so well-intentioned, um, so please take it <laughs> as such. Uh, is it important, do you think, to kind of, uh, I won't say reimagine the history, but to kind of to try and make um, history sexy and current? Or how do you kind of, you know, straddle that conundrum, if you like, to, to make yes. it to, to, that it will invite people in and engage? Yes. Well, I suppose uh, my target audience are children, uh, Edward. Mm. So really, uh, when it, the, t- the topics I deal with, I have to try and make it as relate- them as relatable as possible to the modern children. And that's actually an interesting point. I often felt, you know, when I was working with children, that they believed that people in the past were some sort of ethereal kind of beings that, you know, didn't have real emotions or, you know, weren't actually real people in the past. And I think that's where historical fiction really gains, you know, that it it actually brings history to life. And, um, uh, you know, that's, that's actually where I got into it first. I just felt, you know, from doing the history with the teachers and going to that play and being involved with that play, I felt that story was being overlooked as a powerful tool for, you know, teaching history. So, um, I hope that in some way answers your question. Yes, of course, and we've mm-hmm. we've got mm-hmm. we've got such a, a, a uniqueness about storytelling here in Ireland as well. So um, it seems it, it seems self-explanatory to use that as a mm-hmm. as a teaching and learning tool. Talk to me about yes. the climbing boys. So we have Hugh yes. Scholar O'Dare meeting Daniel O'Connell. So they seem like uh, right. two unlikely bedfellows. That's right. Uh, that's what you would think. But, you know, when you think about the climbing boys, these boys that were working at cleaning chimneys, it, they cleaned the chimneys for the rich. And I just thought it'd be an interesting kind of pairing, as you put it, to have Hugh come and clean Daniel O'Connor's, Daniel O'Connell's um, chimney and, you know, to show both sides of society at the time. Mm. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm very interested in pre-famine history and when I was kind of choosing my year, I thought, you know, Daniel O'Connell, he hasn't featured much, especially in children's uh, um, literature. So I thought he would be an interesting character, you know, to bring in. But uh, I must say to you, um, uh, Edward, you were talking to Sandy about the late Michael O'Brien. That's right. It was Michael O'Brien that, that actually, God rest him, and he's an awful lot. He sent me an article. It was actually a, a history written by a history professor in DCU called James Kelly and the article was Chimney Sweeps, Climbing Boys and Child Employment in Ireland 1775 to 1875 and he thought that I would be a good uh, person to write a story about climbing boys and that's how the whole thing came about in the first instance How lovely and uh, to to Mm. complete to complete that uh, trilogy of writing it was Michael O'Brien who I met and who rang me on the 10th of June my birthday uh, in 2010 to uh, to commission me to write a cookery book with the O'Brien uh, Press as well. Good. So, yes. myself oh, and yourself and Sandy are not unlikely bedfellows then, it appears. <laughs> <laughs> and tell me about the process then of, of, of writing a children's 
Facebook because um, I presume, uh, and it is but a presumption, correct me if I'm wrong, there is an opportunity for you to invite the children to suspend belief, but yet also to believe. So what is what, what element of yes. the novels um, are, if you like, based on, on, on fact and then the, the injection of artistic license around that? Yes, yeah, well, that's when I'm doing workshops with uh, children, that's what I always start with, Edward. I ask them, what do they think historical fiction is? And I get really good definitions, you know, of the whole blending of historical uh, fact and story. Um, but I, I think uh, if you were to ask me, I think I'm very much led by the history sources that I look, you know, when I'm doing my research. Yeah. They inspire my story and they shape my story. Um, and, uh, you know, to give an example, uh, when I was doing the research for the Climbing Boys, uh, I wanted to uh, link up Hugh O'Dare with somebody in on the street, uh, ultimately for a reason that I won't spoil the, the story by yes. telling you. But um, I, I just, I found uh, this very interesting uh, person called Richard Webb. And, uh, you know, I just said, oh, he's a, well, he's a printer. He was a printer on the street. But when I looked into him, all the different uh, aspects about him, he was anti-slavery. He was in favor of women's rights. He was anti-climbing boys. And that was just, he was just a random person I chose. Um, I took him into the story and I blended what I found out about him into my, into my own story. You know, so I'm very much led by the sources that I, 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 um, research Edward uh, you know that's really that's that's how that's how I operate how gorgeous I think it's 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 really uh, it's really wise to kind of to give that you know thumbprint of history to to young children yes. because again yes. that's the the hook isn't it to to get them into yes. to, to research and to delve Absolutely. to delve deeper and it's, it's, that's right and it's the world building of the time that you're writing in you know is so essential to get you know to enrich it as much as possible yeah. but also to make it understandable I suppose that's the challenge with children's books as well you know if you use a term you have to make sure that it's 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 uh, delivered in such a way that the children will understand what we're talking about like something like the act of union for example mm. that would be referred to in my book and you know to make sure that uh, whatever um, pose is around that term that, that the contact. children will get it yes you know yeah yes, it's the context the context provides the understanding edward it's really great and i'm also and uh, i'm mm. also really impressed by the whole um your, your your thought process that you know the like of whether it was daniel o'connell or or hugh o'dare they have similar mm. challenges and similar life problems and life situations That's than right. we have now That's you know right. the world isn't That's isn't right. um completely apart that's right. That's right. And in fact, it's funny you should say that because Hugh O'Dare uh, is actually, even though he's a very poor climbing boy, he's actually very good at chess. He, he's given the opportunity to play chess. And when Daniel O'Connell uh, hears about this at one point, he says, gosh, you know, I wish I wish my son was into chess, you know. So it's, it's it, you know, it's it's very, it's a, it's a human aspect of, you know, characters in history that I think you know, that historical fiction is great at portraying, you know, and, and getting across. 
Absolutely. Uh, and I hope I hope I, I hope I do that, Edward. Absolutely. Yeah. Well listen, it's great to have mm-hmm. it and it's great to be able to have that as a, a learning tool and a thought provoker and yes. all of the things that children yes. should be yes. to be stimulated yes. and uh, and aroused, mm-hmm. you know, about about the past. Yes. And where can people get yes. uh, the book or talk to us about yes. um it, in, in its ca- current iteration? It's available yeah, it's available in uh, the book centre and in Cannes and in the libraries, any of the libraries and any of the bookstores. It's also available from um, oh, the O'Brien Press, but I'd love to see people buying it locally, you know, if possible. And Edward, can I just say before I finish, uh, a shout out to uh, to Mary Butler in the Arts Office and um, Nikki Reed for a bookville. I had a really lovely day out in Callan yesterday at a bookville event. And uh, I just want to uh, commend them for running that festival and supporting Irish authors. Absolutely. Well, listen, we're happy to put our voice to that. It's always, uh, mm-hmm. it's always good. And it sounds like a fascinating yeah. project. I look forward to getting um, getting look at it. I have uh, a couple of inquiring young nephews at home, and I have no doubt, but that oh. they'd they'd love it. So, thanks a million for joining us this morning on the show. Thanks, Edward. Continued good wishes to you with your work. God bless. Bye-bye. Thank you very much, Edward. Bye-bye. Now, Anne Murcha there telling us all about the climbing boys. A couple of texts in. Hi, uh, there is a candlelight vigil in memory of Tina Satchel in Kinsale Sunday evening, walking to Dan Cummins Park at the bridge from Boland's Corner, leaving Boland's at seven with the ceremony at half seven and plenty of parking for those who don't want um, to walk or perhaps aren't able to. So that's Mary is, is sending that in and she's going to ask us to get that in. We're going to just try uh, one more time to see if we can get Sandy. I'm going to try her on the WhatsApp. Now this is kind of, uh, what does it say, trying live, but I think we have re-established um, the line. Hello. Sandy, good morning. Listen, I'm so sorry, Edward. No problem at so all. Sorry. No problem. Can I I'm, just... I'm way up in Monaghan. Oh, that's no problem. Well, listen, we would only we would only make reconnection efforts with Sandy Kelly, not another person in the world. <laughs> Come here till I tell you, we were just talking, Sandy, before we left you about kind of um, the book and about the album and everything like that. And there's so much in the book. It's packed full of full of joy and lots of the things. I mean, before we move on to the album, I couldn't let you out. People will be so familiar with your TV series. And of course, um, you had mm. such a massive Sunday evening show yourself and Glen Rowe and Theresa Lowe were kind of packed neatly together for uh, a number of seasons. That's right. Um, the news, myself, Glen Rowe, so it was a full night of entertainment. I suppose those were the days when RTE had budgets to, you know, to put on really good quality music shows. Um, and I was blessed to have had an opportunity to present that show and, um, you know, meet so many wonderful other artists and sing fantastic duets with some of the people I admired my whole life. Absolutely. Sandy, with regard to the album then, you've returned to this album, your first solo album in, in 30 years, but I mean, you've been working uh, very hard in the interim, both uh, on the on the music scene and everything like that. Tell us what people can get a flavour of on this new album. It is an essential Sandy Kelly, isn't it? It is. I, I suppose it's a very um, honest earthy uh, um, album the songs are, are beautiful songs and I think people I connected with them in my own way you know with my life journey and you know their songs represent some of the stories in my book and uh, the hope is and actually people have said it to me already that people will connect with the songs in their own way you know they'll have their own connection with songs which is the way that it should be and uh, we went back um, 
myself and William went back to Cash Cabin in Nashville um, and Johnny Cash's son, John Carter Cash, um, they worked together on this and put it together. And it, in all, it took over four years, um, making sure the songs were right and the musicians were right and that we were happy. And so it's, it's um, I've heard William refer to it as a legacy album. Um, so I am very proud of it. Um, and it is nice to be able to leave something of that quality behind. Absolutely. And listen, um, people can get the album, people can get the book. It's published by the O'Brien Press, in your own words. And also, um, the Sandy Kelly fans, the many, many fans, Sandy Kelly fans out there, will be delighted to know that you're going on a concert uh, tour next year uh, all over Ireland, including um, from, from Ennis to Sligo to Thurles to Castlebar, Armagh, Lisbon, Lisburn, excuse me, um, Killarney, Cork, Letterkenny, and of course the National Concert Hall. That's in March of next year as well um, so that'll that's be that's right and all the information for that Edward is, is um, on my page sandykelly.com uh, absolutely we'll listen so we'll check get, that out you can get all the information on that and I, I'm awful disappointed really I'd love to have gone to Kilkenny oh well listen so well in Kilkenny Kilkenny uh, well, do you remember all the lovely nights we had in the set theatre Sandy in Langton's we, we used to sell it out every time absolutely absolutely. Time it was just fantastic is that still going it's uh, still going it's still going uh, the set theatre so you'll have to get Willie now to look into that and see can we uh, I will. squeeze well, we're it we're going back out in the autumn so maybe maybe on the autumn tour lovely we'd That'd love that um, listen Sandy um, the final question I had for you I was reading last night about this three year old showman's daughter and last Friday night we were looking at you you were telling Patrick that you're celebrating a significant birthday uh, next year oh my god well listen you're going to have to produce a passport to get people to believe you Sandy because you look so uh, amazing but I was wondering in that 67 years you've performed so many times for so many people you've done so many things do you still get that thrill and that buzz out of of performance I do I I, I suppose you know I get very nervous as you know Mm. uh, before I go on and you know prior to, to doing a concert but then once I'm up there um, it's it's almost like I guess was the stage to me Edward is home it's I've been there since I was a child mm. and once I put my foot on the stage I get a sense of, of uh, belonging and a sense of acceptance and I it's, it's almost like um, it, it's where I'm supposed to be you know it's it's a strange thing unlike other artists I suppose I was never I never made the decision to go on stage or I was never asked if I wanted to I just always was on stage yeah. and that's part of my DNA and, and very much part of who I am Well listen we're all delighted that you were carried on stage at three years of old uh, three years age and uh, you're, you're on it still um, Sandy it's so gorgeous to chat with you we urge and encourage oh, all of our listeners you. to get your book Sandy Kelly in my own words to check out your new album and your concert series you look absolutely fantastic and it's so lovely Thank you Edward to chat with we you We must catch up soon I'd love that I'd love that I'll chill yeah. the I'll chill the vino Sandy Yes, and we, we might write another book. So you never know. Yeah. <laughs> now that would be that would be a book. Sandy, gorgeous to talk to you. Good morning. I know Thank you're a book you. signing at twelve o'clock. So hope there's plenty of ink in the pen. Thank you. Thanks so much, Edward. Bye bye. Thank you for the call. Bye bye.
Now, that's Sandy Kelly. Isn't she just like a star? A star of stars. Um, Sandy was in Carlo a few weeks ago. She's just fabulous lady, says Caroline uh, as well, which I agree. Edra, can you please wish all the very best to Wine Gap Senior Camogie Girls in the county semi-final today in Thomastown. And that comes in from the whole parish uh, in Wine Gap. Also, we were, um, we told people that we'd let you know that Carlo Little Theatre are having their autumn one acts on the 17th and the 18th of October at half past seven in the Seven Oaks Hotel. So people can check that out online as well. Um, a bit warmer than five degrees in Dubrovnik, but still listening to KCLR, says a texter as well. Someone asking, did I find my phone? Yes, I did find my phone. Well, I knew where my phone was now, just for the record. Uh, my phone had been left in the taxi and my wonderful Ashling here got on the phone last Saturday morning and did locate uh, the taxi driver and the man. So, yeah, I do have my phone. Thanks be to God. Buekas la dia anish ta sospiog aun arash ikyang kuple no made a kind fui na madra madri. This Saturday show on KCLR with Edward Hayden. This Saturday show with Edward Hayden. KCLR. With thanks to Lyrath Estate, Kilkenny's luxury hotel. Perfect for spoiling yourself. More details on lyrath.com. The Fault Your Ash, Edward Hayden here with you. 0833069696 is our dinnersready.ie contact line. Um, thank you for all of the texts. We've had a telephone call from a lovely lady called Anna May who wanted to thank Sandy Kelly for um, her work recently on a local charity and for supporting it as well. And I think that's the essence of Sandy. You know, she has been uh, such a significant contributor uh, to so many things over the years and... Um, yeah, so exciting to have her new book. So check it out in the bookshops. It's Sandy Kelly, in my own words, and it is certainly well worth a read for sure and certain. Now, as we come up towards the end of the show, I'm delighted to be joined by Alicia uh, Coyle, uh, who is the pet brand manager at Connolly's Red Mills. Alicia, good morning good to morning. you. Good morning. Thanks for having me. A pleasure to have you in, and thanks so much for taking the time to come and visit no us. Give us a little court uh, this morning. Now, um, all things that's it yeah we got to celebrate our four-legged friends yeah so we're really excited to be back for a second year with Saver Kilkenny so we're bringing Madra Monday to the parade yeah now Madra Monday in essence is kind of literally all things dogs under one roof culminating in what I'm calling a kind of a the best dressed dog or a dog show Uh, there's probably a better title yeah yeah look we have so much on and we're really excited Um, so the day is going to be hosted by Jay Carter um, and doors open at 12 noon so yeah we'll have our leader dog show um, and entries cost three euro with all proceeds going to Husky Rescue Ireland as well um, so you can head over to Red Mills um, Instagram um, to to register for that we will have a rescue dog meetup as well with Paws Rescue Ireland um, and we'll also have a panel discussion with Vicky Rhodes and uh, Susie White from the Dog Centre here in Kilkenny so then there'll be so much more with a pick and mix for dogs we'll have an agility area now tell me what's a pick and mix for dogs is that where you you can get your uh, sour dummies yeah, injured. Okay, yeah, it is literally. I love pick and mix. In and have a little nibble and have a taste. Yeah, so look, dogs love it, um, and uh, we we've had it before, and it's just a fantastic way just to kind of see the product as well and let them have a little taste of any treats or dental sticks and the food as well. 
Now, of course, dog food, I know you're the pet brand manager. We'll just divert for a second. Dog food is so uh, important, isn't it? And, you know, I hear um, on our own uh, station here and other stations, if I'm traveling, you know, lots of pet experts are coming in to talk about it. But food is really important and the quality of the food for for nutrition and diet and well-being and health, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah. Like, no dog is is the same, you know. Mm. And and like humans, we all have certain ailments and it depends on, you know, if we have any um, sensitivities like skin sensitivities or tummy sensitivities. So really, it's so important because I suppose if if a dog has a happy diet, a happy life, you know, Mm. and um, it's, it's just important to find, you know, the right food that suits your dog because they could have a grain intolerance you know or um, they might be um, you know slightly overweight so they mm. might need a low calorie diet so it's just really important to to kind of find out the, the right food that suits your dog um, so we'll have a nutritionist there Chris on the day and he'll be able to talk through you know any questions that you have yeah because pets are massive and that kind of those repositories of information are really well drawn yeah. upon aren't they yeah. because People are mad to kind of get, uh, if you like, a bit of bespoke information about their little uh, pride and joy. Yeah, it can be a minefield. Like, I know myself as a dog owner, when I first got got, uh, my dog, you really just haven't got a clue. And it's just, it can be very, very overwhelming. So I suppose what we want Mm -hmm. to do is just try and help people just to find the right food um, and diet that suits their dog. So depending, you know, they could be old, they could be small. um, it, It doesn't really matter always something that that we have to cater now my notes are telling me that there's face painting I presume we're not going to be putting rouge on the pooches no 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 no. that's for humans no we have a couple of human human things so the pick and mix as well is only for the dogs not okay. for the humans but yeah there'll be note to parents painting. yes note yeah so there will be a face painting and balloon um, oh, lovely making their it's a really lovely family day out you, yeah yeah dogs and, and family you know it's a big thing for us in Red Mills so yeah it's a day to celebrate everything like that and of course being involved in, in Saver Kilkenny you know the parallels being drawn between the significance and the importance of food yeah. uh, as as an all-encompassing you that's know? exactly it mm. yeah, you know and and um, all our food is made here in Kilkenny you know and, and Savour Kilkenny celebrates everything food related I smell it Kilkenny. when I'm passing yeah. normally in here in the mornings um, so yeah it's, it's it's just a perfect fit you know we're just celebrating everything that's that's in Kilkenny um, from a food perspective and like the food scene here in Kilkenny over the, the recent years is just it's fantastic you know, with with new um, with artisan foods like a Ron, and then you've mm. got no Neen, and it's just it's a fantastic place for food. So a melting pot for sure. Indeed. Talk to me about uh, the dog show then. Uh, if you were to be preparing for the dog show, should there be a kind of a bubble bath involved or oh, a brush yeah, or a few go goes? Yeah. Should we be getting out the curling tongs? Yeah, you've got to do all your training now, do a bit of prep before you come. So we'll have, um, there's about eight categories and you can go online. Our link is on our, our Instagram page and go online and pre-register. So we have categories like the quickest sit. It's all a bit of fun. Quickest sit, the best Halloween costume. So best dressed. You have to. It's Halloween weekend. Absolutely. And um, yeah, so yeah, you know, bring them for for a bit of a spruce up and uh, and put the best costume on and uh, come. But look, it, it's all a bit of fun. So you just come up on the day. If you pre-register, pay your three euro. And Very small little. 
uh, donation and of course Indeed. it goes to the charity oh, partner. Yeah, it's all to Husky Rescue Ireland. You know, the, the, the work that Huskies and Paws do, you know, it's incredible. There's, um, you know, they're going through a really, really tough time at the moment. Um, so we just want to help in any way that we can. So, and the Huskies, you know, they're, they're all, they're local here. They're only out the road. Um, so they'll be there on the day with Paws as well. So, yeah. Well, listen, it sounds absolutely fabulous. It's taking place uh, on the Monday of the Bank Holiday Weekend, the Saver Kilkenny Weekend. It's Modra Monday uh, and it has been uh, coordinated and ran by Connolly's Red Mills and um, again by Leader Natural Dog Nutrition and Jake Carter in the middle of a whole load of of Shih Tzu's and Maltese and all hell's bells. There'll be a riot. (laughs) Uh, Alicia, thank you so much for coming in to talk to us this morning uh, and tell us all about that as pet brand manager and we'll see you at Saver Kilkenny. Yes, indeed we will. Now, and that pretty much takes us to the end of this morning's show. Thank you to all of my guests. Thank you um, to uh, those of you who have joined us this morning um, to to uh, sit with us on a Saturday. As I said, we we never underappreciate your presence on a Saturday morning and it's always so lovely um, to meet with so many people, whether I'm in the supermarket or out on the streets that say that they listen to us. I met four women in Duns the other day and I think they do nothing other than sit in on a Saturday morning and listen and several more besides. So we do appreciate um, that. Thanks to my wonderful producer, Ashling MacDonald. Uh, Angela Doyle-Stewart will be here with the news at 12 o'clock. Eddie is coming up with the Saturday brunch from 12 till 2. And of course, Robbie and Shane and all the sports team will be here with lots of sport uh, right throughout the afternoon. And of course, it would be remiss of me not to mention, of course, Ireland as they take on New Zealand this evening in the Stade de France in Paris um, in what is going to be a nail-biting um, match this evening. So we wish them all the best. It's kicking off at about 8 o'clock uh, this evening. Uh, I just see the Queen of Pop has arrived out in there as well, so we'll catch up with her presently as well. I'm heading off for the afternoon. I'm heading up to the Abbey Theatre in Dublin. I'm going to see Nancy Harris's Something About You with the Drama League of Ireland. So uh, there'll be an Edward-shaped hole in the wall here in Casey Lore very shortly. I'll chat with you next Saturday morning if the Lord spares me until then but for now God bless